0: It's not every day you get to go to Vienna, Austria, and cover a major sporting event, but that's what I did last week in the middle of a very busy sports season. Golf majors, NFL training camps, all the normal controversy, Urban Meyer, we can talk about all that. But the beach volleyball major series in Vienna, Austria, part of the World Series. that comes to Fort Lauderdale beginning of February. Dan Calaruso, the global editor of Reuters, how are you?
1: I, I'm great, Rick. I may take issue with you off the air about calling a volleyball game in Vienna a major sport or a major event and mentioning that in the same uh, breath as you do with Masters and Ohio State football and uh, even the opening of training camp for like the San Diego Chargers or whatever their name is these days. So um, I, we could talk about that off the air, but you, you like these niche events. You like these niche sports. You think there's, there's upside in them, right? Well, yeah, I'll take issue on the air with you. So uh,
0: it, it's, uh, it, clearly it has a long way to go in the United States. We accept that. But in Austria, to watch the magic of this, 8 million people in that country... And this was a stadium that Red Bull completely capitalized and financed. Whatever Red Bull does is magnificent. They had 8,000 people walking around the stands, uh, another 4,000 around the grounds, 8,000 in the stands, over 120,000 for the week-long event. And they were all real passionate volleyball folks. Soccer, I would argue, is number one everywhere. And volleyball is close behind in many Eastern European and Central European countries, and, you know, we, we were lucky enough to have Carrie Walsh Jennings, who may be been the best female volleyball player ever live, but uh, other than that, volleyball's not deep, and it's a niche sport, clearly, but as we'll hear from the interview in a few minutes, it's all about generating support, high school, Title IX, college, all of that. So, uh, you know, you may be right today, but you're not going to be right a few years from now, I think.
1: As could be said about so many things, but <laughs> but no, I mean I I think your interview with Sarah uses is, is really telling. She's an interesting young athlete trying to replace in the hearts and minds at least every four years, you know, some of America's most popular ones. You know, so I, I think uh, I, I think it is a. It's an interesting story, and I think she's an interesting character.
0: Well, let's set her up, and then we can talk about it after the interview. Get your perspective. Uh, A 2017 graduate of USC, a a degree in business administration. She won 103 consecutive collegiate medals. She'll talk about matches. She'll talk about that. And she was the International Volleyball Rookie of the Year internationally in 2017. And it's all about getting ready for the 2022 Olympics. You're going to hear her name a lot, but you're going to hear her name now. Sarah Hughes. You know, we normally do things in Washington or in uh, in, in, in California. Uh, NFL training camp's opening up pretty quickly, baseball all-star game. We could talk about all of that stuff with the person we have today. But today we're talking volleyball, beach volleyball, the FIBA uh, Rookie of the Year in 2017, and the sky is the limit for Sarah Hughes. How are you?
2: I'm great. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So the bottom line is that... Uh, you made a tremendous transition um, from winning the gold medal in 2002 as the figures. So, oh, no, that's the other Sarah Hughes. <laughs> How many times are you confused with the other Sarah Hughes?
2: You know, a couple of times. Just professional athletes that name Sarah Hughes, they're just, oh, the ice skater. I'm like, nope.
0: <laughs> well, we're doing some of this for NBC, and they'll be able to insert footage. And so as we do it, I assume you'll aspire to be the second Sarah Hughes. This one without the H, who wins a gold medal somewhere. Uh, yes, definitely. And obviously in Tokyo. So starting with the big things first, you're going to be 25 in Tokyo, 26?
2: Uh, 25. 25.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're starting to train already. I mean, this is a big event. We'll talk about this event. But, but what do you do to kind of think long-term but have to behave short-term? That's kind of a dichotomy, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, Right now, though, I'm very much focused on the present because I have a new partner. So we're a young team together. Right now I'm 23, she's 25. So uh, we're taking it step by step and learning and growing right now. And especially out here on the FIVB, there's so much great competition. So we're learning through the highs and the lows.
0: And so where a new partner you're speaking about is Summer Ross there is a great kind of gene pool with the Ross family too, so I'm sure that's an easy conversation to have. I understand this sport is a lot about team chemistry it better be because there are only two of you and every time anybody that doesn't really know the sport looks you up it's that you turned down carrie walsh in 2017 uh in order to partner with summer i'm not sure if that's the real story but chemistry is really important to you isn't
2: it chemistry is huge in beach volleyball if you you know it's it's hard not to like your partner out there you you go through everything you travel together you play together so especially with Summer and I we have that chemistry and both on and off the court we're really great teammates and even better friends.
0: And So Kelly Kloss um, and you had undeniable chemistry, 103 consecutive matches, Um, you won everything in sight at USC and you learned the game with her I guess and you also learned how important it was to have a good partner.
2: Oh definitely I mean Kelly and I will never forget you know the accomplishments we've had together that those are huge and to represent USC and USA together I that's something that's unforgettable but like you said if you sometimes you need to switch partners and in this case that team chemistry with summer is getting better every day
0: what's it like from a business perspective you 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 well first of all uh, you graduated USC in Business Administration. So you certainly know where the dollar signs are and where they're not. Uh, Do you do your own books? Do you do your own pro forma? Do you manage yourself?
2: Definitely. um, It's a lot of managing myself. But luckily I have the most amazing agent, Thomas McCarthy, who's always there for me, helping me with my sponsors. Um, And then... Got the plug in. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's no, he's fantastic. And, um, you know, it's a lot of numbers and we're doing it by ourselves. But my grandma also helps a lot with my taxes because we're bouncing around different countries all the time so she's always helping me but mostly you're, you're on your own out there.
0: You're a walking potential Price Waterhouse or somebody else sponsored or athlete to be because when you look at the, the volleyball schedule for the year how many countries? A lot.
2: Uh, a lot yes yeah. um, so looking for that airline sponsor right? <laughs> airline sponsor
0: would be great Austrian Air yeah. was great but that's a one-shot deal so you, yeah, got, you ex- gotta look for somewhere yeah, else. Yeah exactly. Uh, focus on the politics of, as much as you can, kind of above the fray, of how volleyball in the U.S. has come to be. There's the AVP. Carrie's got her deal. Um, Obviously, Hannes has the major series here. Um, Is there a way, in your mind, to coordinate all of that, and would everybody be better off if there was kind of one uniform way to approach volleyball heading into the Olympics?
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you said it. There's a lot of politics going on right now in volleyball, um, and you know, I think right now, especially with the AVP, they partnered up with the FIVB for an event in Huntington Beach, and through the players' perspective, it was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great seeing those two powerhouses come together, um, and uh, I'm you know specifically right now playing on the AVP, and I love it. I love being at every single tournament that they have and they've been you know, the most dominant um, tournament for the decades for beach volleyball. So I know there's a lot going on right now but for me I just wish the sport the best and a lot of success and I want to see a bunch of young girls come up behind us and have a, a A sport to play.
0: Well put. And hopefully, I guess uh, uh, a shameless plug is that there's an ability of all of the key operators to coordinate in some context. And maybe 2020 gets it done. Hopefully 2020 gets it done. NBC's paying a lot of money. NBC's paying $7.7 billion through 2032, which is 60% of the gross domestic product of Switzerland, which nobody cares. But so it would be important as one of the rising faces of volleyball, to make sure that you get the uniform platform, that everybody's working in the right direction.
2: Exactly, I completely agree.
0: Yeah, so let's talk generally about uh, tournament preparation for you. It's a grind, I assume. You come into town, everybody sees you smiling and all ready to go, but talk about getting ready and keeping yourself fit and getting on planes and doing all the travel and everything you need to do.
2: Yeah, it's a lot. We, uh, just recently, we were playing in the Hermosa Beach AVP. Summer and I won. The final was scheduled, I think, for 3 o'clock on Sunday. We got pushed back a little bit. We had a flight at 7.30 to come here to Austria. So. We won the final in a huge battle and then we had to go do interviews and we ran like you know unfortunately we couldn't say too much to fans and we said our thank yous really quick ran barely got a shower and then headed straight to the airport so it's a grind it really is but it's part of our job and I think just learning and doing that correctly is, is how we how we have to go about it
0: I assume you keep an open mind and learn the cultures where you are and what what's your hard to do cuz you're very good at political answers, but favorite volleyball destination? Do you have a favorite? Do you have have a few? Favorite
2: volleyball destination? I mean, Vienna is absolutely incredible. Um, Stad... Uh, I, I went to, I mean, Porek, all the major stops are absolutely, yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed Portugal this year, uh, but nothing beats being at home. <laughs> and
0: with the American fan, have you seen American fans getting a bit more sophisticated about the game than they did before, would you say?
2: Oh, I would say so, definitely. I mean, I have people message me on social media asking me all these questions, and they're they're so in tune now, and that's really fun to go to an AVP match, and and people know the rules, and they're... They're standing up. They're cheering for you, and it's really great. It's a volleyball community is amazing.
0: Uh, and what about the younger? What is the best path for high school uh, with still Title IX, Obviously, college programs better than before. Youth programs, mm-hmm. um, facilities for beach volleyball training academies. Starting, you know, the tennis model. Making sure the kids are, are there. What's uh, what's the advice on how to make sure that we get more? Um, players like you coming up?
2: My advice to any young player is to play as much as I can and have fun while doing it. Uh, I actually started playing beach volleyball before indoor and I fell in love with the game so early on because I had a group of people around me and a coach who just purely loved the game and had passion for the game. So it's it's kind of getting a little crazy out there right now with you know parents worried about their 8th graders signing yeah. to college. I would take, take a step back learn the fundamentals, develop a young player, and have fun with it, you know. Go into the USA system young. Um, They have so many great programs now. Play in any tournament you can and just have fun and don't worry about the scholarships yet they'll come
0: so sarah hughes we're interrupted by a titanic rainstorm here in vienna but now you won your match and you're on to the quarterfinals and we're going to run this well after this tournament is over but you're very happy so it seems like you're doing very well as you normally do you won hermosa beach and you won new york so as far as domestic Mm -hmm. tournaments in the u.s you're two for two
2: yes that's right two for two on the avp
0: yeah and so What's it like playing against international competition, getting ready for Tokyo? You need to do that, not only the Americans, but you need to be the best in the world.
2: Yeah, being out here on the FIVB is so important for us Americans, even though we have a great domestic tour, because, like you said, in the Olympics you're playing the world competition, and that's exactly what it is out here.
0: Yeah. So let let me ask you this. Um, Basketball fan? Yes. So... Laker fan now, especially with LeBron, LeBron. to the Lakers. Yeah. but
2: always been a Laker fan.
0: Always, e- always when they were terrible in the last three, four oh, yeah, years.
2: Yeah, of course. Easy to on. say. Easy to Hi, say. Now, I we went to USC. We were in the yeah. Angeles. Well,
0: you could be a Clipper fan, but easy to say <laughs> now as far as the Lakers are concerned. So, from your perspective, are you jealous of the kind of LeBron money is out there? Not for LeBron himself, because he's a mm-hmm. redefined basketball. Yeah. But that people who are um, athletes as well and maybe less less training regardless of that make 40 times the amount you do how do you feel about
2: that (laughs) you know it's it's never easy to see you know uh, one football player going for 40 million you know it's um but i think it just depends the kind of athlete you are in the sport you know i play beach volleyball and that's what i love and that's why i'm here it's not because i'm here to make you know 40 million dollars you know as much as I'd like that we're here because we love it and um you know that's it's hard but I think once we unify the sport even more so I think more money will be coming in uh I think that's hugely important so it's it's you know we got to take it step by step and I think it's important for players you know not to chase after another hundred dollars here or there just because it's you know it's a little bit more prize money it's it's about you know like I said unifying the sport being able to have a future for the sport a growth for the sport for not only ourselves but the the young kids coming up
0: words to live by final question for you where is Sarah Hughes five years from now
2: Five years from now? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I
0: know. that You don't even think about that. But right? Just, Just give me the liberty and think about it and answer that question.
2: Yeah, five yeah. years from now, I I want to still be playing. I want to have a gold medal around my neck from the Olympics and fighting for another spot um, for the next one, which is in Paris. Um,
0: Paris and then how about L.A.? How about And then, that? of
2: course, yeah, that's my goal, Paris and L.A. And, you know, of course, always being with my family is m- really important. So with my family... Um, who knows, maybe a husband at that point. I'm taking my time. I don't know. Um, Take your time on that <laughs> one, but
0: I'll tell you what you ought to circle. So you'll be 30, um 30 in L.A., have we done Two? those numbers 32? correct? 32. Wow. 32. Yeah. We, and we better circle on the calendar. It's probably going to be the first week in August, okay. <laughs> and so that's going to be an amazing homecoming for you.
2: Oh, I cannot wait. That would be a dream come true, playing in the Olympics right down the yeah. street. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, American volleyball and volleyball generally is in really good hands. Sarah Hughes, thank you very much. Thank you
2: so much for having me. Appreciate it. All
0: right. So, Dan, you heard Sarah. You are uh, uh, a uh, sports aficionado worldwide. Volleyball, from your perspective, is a niche sport. But Sarah is a very uh, uh, significant upside athlete with a pretty good grasp of what it takes to succeed in business. What's your take of the interview?
1: Uh, that's a, putting it mildly. I, I have some numbers here. Um, first, some names. Um, her Instagram post um, on, after winning the Hermosa Open... Yes. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what that is, but I'd like to go to Hermosa sometimes. It looks warm and sunny. but um, It is
0: uh, it's, it's Southern California. It's a beach, a beach in L.A. But shame shame for, on you. For
1: a woman who admits that her grandmother still does her taxes, she mentioned Mikasa, KT Tape, Oakley, and Nike. Just in one post, just in the post showing her celebrating on Instagram. Um, those seem to be her four big sponsors. She has a 10-year deal with Nike. Uh, but here's the interesting thing that I think, and you talked about the next generation of, of these players. When you look on Twitter, she has fewer followers than Misty May, fewer followers than Carrie Walsh, and fewer followers even than Summer Ross, her, her partner. Um, but on Instagram, which is the young people's platform, she trounces Misty May. She has 30,000 followers on Instagram. Misty May has 6,700. <laughs> Carrie Walsh has 516, and Summer Ross has 19,000. So... Using her using Instagram for these, I, I don't know if they're sponsored. I don't know how what her arrangement is. We didn't really get into that in the interview, unfortunately. But there was, you know, she mentions her sponsors consistently on Instagram, and it reminds me, in a, in a way, of celebrities, a Kardashian or or even any other celebrities, um, you know, getting paid for their Twitter posts about specific products. Like there's a way for her to to mine. Some, some money here that's, uh, I don't know how well they get paid on the tour. Um, she mentioned she doesn't make LeBron James money. She'll probably never make LeBron James money. But this is an interesting vein of this generation of athlete understanding where they're connecting to fans. Um, so I just thought those numbers were interesting. Uh, I thought her sponsors were interestingly global. Um, and that she, she, uh, she's not shy about mentioning them.
0: No. And you could fill in the blank of any athlete in what we would call the four major main sports, and you have exactly the same kind of script and choreograph. Mentioning the sponsors, make sure you have a social media metric of choice that you overwhelm, and be successful in your sport. And that's why she is not only the face of volleyball, or will be, on the court, but also off the court as well. You know, it is interesting. Obviously, the LeBron James, uh, uh, you know, are are you a little jealous, Uh, that, that kind of thing. Of course, she's not jealous, but we talked a little bit about it after the interview last week, and she was talking about how, boy, you know, we do a lot. We're out there alone. It's just the two of us. We're out there for an hour and a half, and uh, I'm not saying that we're as good as LeBron James, but, boy, I hope it's soon where we can get some money. And it's not jealousy. It's just an understanding of what it takes to get to the big leagues and hoping you get there.
1: Well, you know, it, it is. And, and these, in, in these secondary sports, um, they're not secondary athletes, but the sports in terms of their size and scale are secondary. Um, you really do need to create some ancillary... Um, buzz or some ancillary because your events aren't widely seen, right? Red Bull is great at that. Red Bull is the perfect um, uh, organization. You know, in a, in the news business, we have a saying about some editors that they can make uh, interesting stories important or important stories interesting. And uh, I, I think that in the case of Red Bull, they make interesting events important uh, on, a, on a mini scale. And I, I think that's really, really... Uh, a valuable partner for these players to have. We should probably do a whole takeout show one day on Red Bull, on the economy of Red Bull and and these sports because it is uh, an amazing um, an amazing marketing machine that goes there. Well,
0: f- funny you should mention that. And we're teasing. I guess we kind of know each other well. There is going to be a uh, a, a t- details to be announced, but Red Bull obviously very important in staking uh, this event. I was just at. And the next one of these big major events will be in Fort Lauderdale the first week of February uh, this next year and hopefully every year after that. And Red Bull has a substantial presence in it, so they're thinking about a thought leadership seminar. We'll be all over it, and that would be a good opportunity to kind of showcase what Red Bull does because you and I are on the same page on that. They are incredibly significant Obviously, in Austria, it's their headquarters, but incredibly significant all over Europe. And here, U.S., they sponsor a soccer stadium. They have a soccer team. They do extreme sports. They jump out of uh, spaceships. uh, And they do a little bit of volleyball, but they do a lot more than that, and they're going to be a bigger force. So, yeah, we'll do that. They
1: do. They hit that loner gamer demographic so, so well. Right. Uh, and, and and it's an int- it really is interesting. In fact, it's more a, a Red Bull story when you look at the volleyball thing than a Sarah Hughes story or a Summer Ross story or a Misty May story. Um, and, and it is it's fascinating. But I said one thing about Sarah Hughes, her Instagram feed and Twitter feeds are very, very um, tight in terms of meaning there's not a lot of not a lot of uh, fluff in there. You know, she does her pieces. There aren't a lot of candid shots of her like eating sandwiches, but right. there are these things where, you know, she, she, she triangulates very well between her sponsors, her audience and the events. And I think, you know, again, these athletes, this is a weapon that they have to, you know, create some earnings power because their windows are so small.
0: And she's focused. She's focused on the court and said, off the court, 23 years old, down to business, nothing gratuitous and she understands what it is and what it needs and what you need to be successful in a sport like this. Look for her as we get ready for Tokyo 2020 and the Beach Majors in Lauderdale next year. The Red Bull idea is a really good one. Dan Colarusso, as usual, saving the day. Rick Harl, see you next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Our producer, Alex Cohen. Associate producer, Freddie Joyner. Assistance provided by Carlos Waddick, Tanner Simpkins, Jesse Leeds and Jamie Swimmer. And the executive editor of Reuters Digital, Dan Calaruso. I'm Ricaro. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.